With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Talking some NBA playoff basketball. LeBron, it's all about the the Eastern Conference here. The Celtics, who are feeling pretty good. They would have to lose four out of the next five to not advance to the NBA Finals. But LeBron James, a one-man band. Now, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you weren't watching it because you either hate basketball, and if that's the case, you're probably not listening. Or if you like basketball and you didn't watch it, because you have a job or you were sleeping, taking a nap before the third shift, whatever it might have been. Uh, LeBron James, a one-man band early on for the Cavaliers, and that worked for about a half. That worked for about a half. It turned out, as you might suspect, it was unsustainable over the final 24 minutes. Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and a gaggle of Celtics overwhelming Cleveland in the second half of Game 2 Eastern Conference Finals. So the Celtics win going away. They take a 2-0 series lead, outscoring 
the Cavaliers in this series, two games in, by 38 points, plus 38 in the point column for the Celtics after two games. What I did there is I used Mallard Math. They won by 25 points in game one, and then they won by 13 points in game two, and I added that together for the total of 38. Sounds very impressive, doesn't it? All right, so let's talk about this. Now, the better story is in the losing locker room, and after LeBron scored 21 points in the first quarter, the rest of the game, he scored 21 total points the rest of the game. So you look at his numbers. Oh, my God, he had a triple-double. And those that slobber all over LeBron's biscuits. All right, they, oh, my God, triple-double, triple-double. It was orgasmic if you look at the box score and didn't actually watch the game. You watch the game, you're like, well, he was really good in the first quarter. And then after that, not so much. Now, the silver lining here, for a lot of my friends who are in the mainstream basketball media, they got their scapegoat. They got their scapegoat. Now, if you were not watching, if you didn't pay close attention, you might have missed. But LeBron James took a shot to the jaw. Boom! Just like that. Well, not, it wasn't actually a gunshot. It was LeBron's chin, right? It was LeBron's chin that got up close and personal for some hanky-panky with Jason Tatum's shoulder. And then things went sideways from that point, it's being called a strained neck. The hypersensitive helicopter parents in the media are convinced that LeBron had a concussion, so they're running with that narrative. Now, at the time this play happened, at the time LeBron met Jason Tatum's shoulder, the Cavaliers were leading the game by 11 points. They had a 47-36 lead. It was in the second quarter, and from that point forward, the Boston Celtics outscored Cleveland 71-47 to the rest of the way. Not a single player wearing a Cavalier uniform, a cadaver uniform, was in the positive column the rest of the game. Every single player, all of them, either weren't positive or were negative. There were some that was at zero, but overall it was a net negative for the Cavaliers. So now this is being used by some as an explanation for the Cavaliers' loss, that, that they played so well early and then LeBron got knocked haywire. And he was a little goofy after that. And because of that, the Cavaliers were not the same. So let's discuss here the question before us. Are you buying LeBron James and his neck injury as the reason the Cavaliers lost? Meaning, if you buy into that, that the Cavaliers would have won the game had LeBron not met the shoulder of Jason Tatum and they got in a hotel room together. Uh, I am not going that direction. Uh, I am not. Uh, I am going the opposite direction here, that the Cavaliers were going to lose whether LeBron James went face first into the the, uh, shoulder of Tatum or not. All right, so my thoughts on this, you've got convenient body language and defeated. Uh, We'll tie all this stuff together. Now, number one, the Cavaliers are who we thought they were. They are. I didn't think anything of them. Uh, I I didn't pick the Celtics in this particular series. Uh, They're simply not that good. This continues to be a referendum on how gutless Toronto is more than anything. And I saw a guy on Twitter say, hey, Mally, you were right when you said Toronto should have fired Dwayne Casey after game one of their semifinal series. And I've seen nothing to 
disavow that particular statement here. If Toronto had the intestinal fortitude the Celtics have, or even forget the Celtics because they're better, but the Indiana Pacers, Toronto would have been playing Boston. We can play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, and it's a fun game to play, and I'm not against it. I've done a lot of radio over the years playing the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. It's It's a lot of good talk radio is coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, of course didn't. But the fact that Cleveland was able to sweep the Raptors in the last round, it was it was such an aberration compared to how they played in the first round against Indiana and now the first two games against Toronto. And this LeBron James neck injury is a gift from the heavens is what it is, right? It's, it's come falling down from the pearly gates. It is the most convenient fall guy you could possibly have. It's like, don't blame LeBron, who overall now in this series, when he's been on the court, the Cavaliers have been outscored by 41 points. All right? 41 points they've been outscored with LeBron on the court. But it's not his fault. It's never his fault. It's always somebody else's fault. He's the gladiator. Right? He's the hero. He played with a damaged neck or a concussion, depending on which media dope you buy into. Uh, you, you can see how all of this is going to play out. Now, you can see all of it play out here. It's very predictable. They've got their story for the next three days, those that are covering this series, hypersensitive. It's not going to be about the Celtics and the Cavaliers. It's going to be about LeBron's health. And is he hiding something? Uh, did the Cavs go through all the protocol? All of it. That's going to be the story for the next 24 hours anyway. The second thing here, the outcome of this particular game, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals, would have been the same whether LeBron James had gone through Jason Tatum like a wrecking ball, which he was surprised he didn't go through Jason Tatum, or if that had not happened. Boston has two advantages going for them in this particular series. A, their roster is better from top to bottom, and B, they hustle more and overall play with a, a, a more of an intensity than Cleveland, which is an, also an indictment on the Cavaliers. It, it's it's a, two different speeds going on. Now, and I was a basketball purist like myself. I love the, the beauty of the game of basketball. That's why I watch basketball. Not because I'm a degenerate gambler or anything like that. I love the beauty <laughs> of the game. Uh, and as a purist, uh, it, was, it was uncomfortable to watch the Cavs play basketball. They, they have the body language. We always say this, and it's accurate. Anytime you see someone with bad body language, you point out they have the body language of who? Who has the worst body language in all of sport? That's right, Jay Cutler. The body language of Jay Cutler, right? That, uh, I mean, it's like Jay Cutler in the huddle, Jay Cutler on the sidelines, Jay Cutler under center. It was also a, a lazy effort on defense. When the game started to slip away, and it was really in the third quarter that there was a point of demarcation between the Celtics and the Cavaliers. The Cavs did not match the intensity. They played spiritless basketball at that point. You can go on and on here. J.R. Smith is shooting a robust 12.5% the first two games of the Eastern Finals. Uh, you know, and Smith's a, a bit player on the Cavaliers. He also got a good two-hand shove in in the back of Al Horford 
Uh, later on in the game, uh, he was called a bully by Marcus Smart after the game. and go on and on here. Uh, how about Al Horford? I actually took a picture of it. I took a screenshot and sent this out. Al Horford took a shot. He missed it, was surrounded by all five Cavaliers on the court. Not one, not two, not three, not four. All five players that were in the game for Cleveland were surrounding Al Horford. Who do you think got the rebound? That's right. Al bleeping Horford got the rebound. One against five, he got the rebound. Need I say more? Let me drop the mic. Like LeBron. I'm going to drop the mic right here. That's what I'm going to do. That was a disgraceful performance. Because even if, this, if the Cavaliers had played hard, they still would have lost, but at least it would have been more competitive in the final five minutes of the game. Uh, the, the last thing here, Cleveland, you figure at home, if this is going to be even mildly competitive, it's it's obviously game three. You don't have to be uh, Charles Barkley, Jeff Van Gundy, or Woj uh, to know that game three would be the, the point of no return. That's the seminal moment, right? If Cleveland's going to rise up and have a counterattack, it will be in game three. You would expect them not to push over on their home court. And that some of those stiffs, the secondary players, shout out Rodney Hood, shout out J.R. Smith, that some of those guys will actually consistently knock down shots, maybe play defense. And the Celtics have also been generally feeble on the road, right? They've been a, a, a titan at home, and they've been a, a cupcake on the road. They're 1-4 in, in the playoffs on the road, 8-0 and at home. So, But they all they have to do is win the games at home. They're going to advance uh, to the next round. And, and LeBron James acted – I watched all the news conferences, and LeBron James acted like the – the Celtics, it felt like they had taken his will out of him. He sounded deflated, defeated, and demoralized uh, when talking about the situation the Cavs find themselves in after the game. He was just talking about his family and getting away from it. and all. It, it sounded like it was a, a foregone conclusion. It was very odd territory. I mean, this is, this is an, a unique situation. LeBron James has not been down 0-2 in an Eastern Conference series since, what, 10 years ago? It's a long, it's a long road. It's a long road. Let's hear from some of these knuckleheads. How about Ty Lue, who gets to pretend to be the coach of the Cavaliers and whatever LeBron wants, he says, yes, sir, can I have another? Here's Ty Lue pointing out, no, 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 no. This is not uncharted territory. We've been here before, so uh, we got to keep our composure, like you said. And um, I thought we did. I thought down the stretch we took some bad shots. Didn't close the half well the first half. You know, we had a chance to to uh, go up double figures going into the locker room and didn't really close the half the way we wanted to close it. I completely agree. I think I thought they, they, their composure was great, uh, especially when J.R. Smith shoved Al Horford and the crowd was serenading in Boston, J.R. Smith, with uh, the F word. I thought that was wonderful. I think that was a magical basketball moment, something that I will remember. Uh, Here's LeBron quickly looking at sportscliche.com to try to figure out how to sum up this gutless performance by the Cavs. We have an opportunity to go back home, protect home court. Um, You know, we're going to use these days to uh, really dive in on what needs to be done to help our ball club be successful. They did what they had to do, and that was protect home, and now it's our our time to try to do that as well. So let's see what we made of on Saturday. Now, I mentioned that LeBron sounded to me, the trained ear of an overnight chatterbox, sounded to me like he was uh, a beaten man, like that this had sucked the life out of him. Uh, and uh, he was asked about losing in the playoffs and what, what he's going to do now. 
How will I digest it? I'm going to go home tonight and see my three kids, see my family, recalibrate, see my mom. Recalibrate. I think I'll be fine. Um, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You go out and you when you lay everything on the line, you know, at the end of the day, you can, you know, you can live with that. So the only way I probably won't get no sleep tonight if Kev don't get a question asked probably at the end of the day. I'm with that, Dave. <laughs> so I'm going to lose a lot of sleep if, uh, if someone doesn't ask him a question. Uh, LeBron, no one cares what Kevin Love has to say, all right? No one cares. Uh, he should have paid for a seat at the news conference. Kevin Love is meaningless. What Kevin Love is doing is riding your coattails, right? They should ask Kevin Love what, what, it, what LeBron tastes like is what they should ask him, right? I mean, because that's essentially what, what Kevin Love's doing. We've seen Kevin Love on his own. He not only was a basketball player who filled stats, he was a stat stuffer. The team was terrible in Minnesota, right? And it's not your job to get someone to ask Kevin Love a question because it's irrelevant. No one wants to hear what Kevin Love has to say. Nobody. Nobody at all. All right, I hear, let's hear one more from LeBron. That the play which everyone's going to be talking about the next couple of days. Well, I say everyone. We won't. Uh, but those media elites that cover the NBA that run up their expense accounts and travel around the country. Uh, here's the, the play here. LeBron uh, talking about getting a face full of Jason Tatum's shoulder. I felt like I needed to go back to the locker room, which I did. You know, kind of recalibrate. You know, um, it was a tough, uh, tough Run. blow. Recalibrate. Um, obviously incidental. Just wanted to go back to the back and make sure everything was fine. You know, but I don't think it, it didn't affect my game after that. Yeah, not at all. So he like must he must have been using his computer or something like that. I recalibrate here. Get a, yeah. All right. It is the Ben Maller show on Fox. He could have just said rectify, which is a synonym of recalibrate, but he chose to go with. Recalibrate. All right. Uh, hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. Hello to Ben Maller. Yes, uh, there he is. I'm sure you saw none of this game here yet. I saw all the highlights. That's right. None Very exciting. Game. Professional broadcaster mm-hmm. not watching an NBA playoff game, which you know. Apparently, I didn't miss about. anything, though. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, the Boston Celtics are two wins away from advancing to the NBA Finals. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, they've got some explaining to do. What are they going to say here, right? That was a uh, just a lifeless second half. The Cavaliers were good for about 24 minutes. And not even really 24 minutes. It was more like they were good for about, uh, give them like 16, 17 minutes. 16, 17, maybe 18. Maybe 18 if I'm feeling generous. Uh, Cavaliers uh, fell apart in the second half. The Celtics methodically tearing them down. Poking them over and over again. And eventually the uh, balloon burst. And then the Celtics now win by 13. They won game one by 25. So if you're an optimist, you'll say, hey, the, the Cavaliers are getting better. The Cavaliers are getting better. But it's something that Ty Lue said after the game. After LeBron James put up a triple-double and the Cavaliers ended up still losing by double figures, holding home court, and uh, now winning uh, just in one game. One game, essentially, in Cleveland. This is a five-game series, right? There's a one, one win in Cleveland. It's a five-game series. That's it. They could sweep for all intents and purposes. But it's a quote from Ty Lue, what he had to say after the game about the Celtics that has legs. And this is reverberating around the echo chamber of sports conversation, Tyron Liu saying that Boston, what they're doing in this series is, quote, gooning the game up. 
That's his quote, gooning the game up from Tyler. So I wanted to talk about this with you because the implication is clear, right? The the term uh, goon is a synonym of thug, uh, of scoundrel, of villain. Those are some interchangeable words that you could put out there. Uh, so I wanted to get into this uh, with, with you for a moment. Now, the question is this. So Lou says the Celtics are gooning up the game. Is this real or not? Uh, now, I will go first here, and uh, I will say uh, no. I, I'm going to go no on this. This is a – my thoughts on this, you've got a misrepresentation, speed check, and self-examination. Now, you've got all those things in play. Now, a lot of this is because of – the over-emotional reaction that Marcus Morris had. There was a, a play where he got into it uh, with with uh, Mr. Kardashian for the Cavaliers, and uh, Marcus was really excited. And he was, he was banging his chest like he was a cartoon hero. Uh, he, was, he was going for it. The crowd loved it. People were going crazy. Right? You're, feeding, you're feeding the crowd. You're fanning the flames there. Uh, and uh, that seemed to be the emphasis of Ty Lue going with the gooning comment. But this is a misrepresentation, right? Because goon insinuates dirty. That's the insinuation that the Celtics are a bunch of bullies and they're terrorizing, and that's how they're winning, that they're not winning with beautiful basketball. They're winning because they're going rogue, and that's what they're doing. They're just a bunch of brutes out there, and uh, and that's why they're doing it. And, th- and that couldn't be further from the truth. Now, that does not mean that the Celtics are not aggressive. Are the Celtics aggressive? Of course they're aggressive. Yes. Uh, are they running circles around the Cavaliers right now? Sure. Uh, the second half, they absolutely did. Uh, in the, the, the entire game, essentially, in game one, uh, this, the Cavaliers couldn't make an outside shot, partially because of the defense of the Boston Celtics. Now, the second part of this is just a general enthusiasm, and I get it. I know that in the NBA in particular, it is very difficult, very, very difficult to play with a great amount of energy on the road, but this is this has been a demoralizing couple of games for Cleveland. The effort that they have put out and the effort – that the Celtics have put out, uh, it, it's enthusiasm, I, I guess would be the proper word on this, but it's more than that. Right? There's been something lacking. We talked earlier about the the body language of the Celtics, and it, you can nitpick and say, hey, well, anybody that sucks, anyone that's not playing well, goes, woe is me, right? And they have that lack of enthusiasm. But the Celtics have had such gusto in the first couple of games of this particular series, like if you did a speed check and check the odometer, and and you say, okay, well, let's see how many miles here. Well, we know the we know the Cavs have more miles. Uh, we know that the Celtics have mostly younger players that are, are rising on up, rising on up, playing exciting basketball here in the playoffs. But if you look at the radar gun, it's like the Celtics are going at about eh, 75, 80 miles an hour. The Cavaliers are at a comfortable 60 to 65 miles an hour. Passive basketball does not win. It does not. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's one team that's playing with a, a blind rage here, 
Uh, and they've got that going. And then the other team is just kind of, eh. eh da, 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 da. It's a, uh, a depression situation, right? It's, it's been anti-climatic uh, so far here in the first couple games of this series. Now, the final point here, the final point on this, you've got what happens now. Now, it is my belief that if given the opportunity, the NBA will do everything in their power to get at least a five- or six-game series. They, they don't want a sweep. The sweep is not good. It's not good for business. The television partners of the NBA invest great amount of money, the way, uh, great amounts of money. The way they get their money back, you know this, right? Anybody that's been around advertising, you get your money back. The more games, the more inventory you have, the more spots that you can sell. Therefore, the more money that you can make to get back that revenue that you put out to the NBA. So it's like quid pro quo, right? The the NBA broadcast partners, ESPN and Turner, spend a great amount of money for the rights to broadcast these games. The way they make money on that is to have extra games, right? To have six games, five, six, seven games, preferably seven, but you'd take five or six. Four is not enough. Four is not enough. So in a situation like this, you'd say, okay, the NBA is going to pull out all the stops. So I thought for a moment I had a, a moment of, retrospection myself because I, I saw that the Cavaliers, uh, they had the benefit of the official. Mike Callahan uh, was officiating this game, and there's a great Twitter feed called NBA Ref Stats that if, you, if you're if you into conspiracies and things like that, you want you I recommend it. So they tweeted out that the, the Cavs, the last 18 games officiated by Mike Callahan in the postseason uh they were they were seventeen and one last eighteen, but in the postseason, six straight playoff wins. And and clearly, I mean, the dots connect the dots. I mean, it's like, hey, this guy's a very positive official for LeBron. Now, those could have all been games where the Cavaliers played Toronto and you know the the spineless, gutless jellyfish of Canada, uh, and maybe those were those games. Uh, but I look at things like that, and I, my expectation would be that the Cavaliers at home, it's going to be. Eight on five in Game Three this weekend, uh, and and maybe that's just years and years of buying into conspiracies about the NBA. But here's how I see this happening: I, I see this happening with the Celtics. If they're going to win Game Three, now forget Game Four is a different story. But Game Three, that's the that's the turning point. Because if the Celtics win Game Three, then it's likely a four game series. That's it. So the tricks, if you go deep in the the dark web for the NBA on what their move would be. You know, sure, the Cavs will do some self-examination, but the league office is going to do some self-examination. And you know, depending on who the officials are, a couple of well, usually a couple of well-placed fouls in the first few minutes of the game will shift the way the game is played. Now, there's no such thing as momentum, but if you're playing lesser players – it generally does not bode well for you to win the game. So in the past, the way this would work is your star player, player X, would get two fouls in the first quarter. He would then have to sit the rest of the first quarter and then come back in the th- in the second quarter and then get another quick foul. He'd then have to miss uh, pretty much the entire second quarter. He'd, he'd play like maybe five, six minutes of the first half, but he'd miss he'd miss about half the first half. The problem with that is if you've watched the Celtics play, who the F is that guy? I I was trying to find out who that person was, and my instincts say it's Al Horford, but 
the Celtics, it, it, you could take Al Horford out, and you know Brad Stevens and these guys love to slobber all over Al Horford, but you look around, you're like, well, there's not one. Like Jason Tatum, for example. Jason Tatum got in foul trouble in this game that was played. Game two, he was in foul trouble. Did that derail the chances of the Celtics winning? No, it did not. You can say Jalen Brown is going to be in foul trouble in game three. The Celtics are going to be without that weapon, and they're going to have to find some different ammunition to throw at the Cavaliers. You could point that out. But it's an ensemble cast, and so the point – get to the point, please. The point is it's going to be very difficult, very, very difficult for the choreographers at the NBA to figure out how to to take down the Celtics a couple of rungs in game three. Unless I'm missing something here. Unless I'm I'm missing something. The Celtics are younger. They're playing with more enthusiasm at a different speed. They haven't been good on the road. Uh, that's a factor. Uh, but it just looks like such a mismatch. Such a mismatch. All right. Ben Maller's show on Fox. Let's hear from uh, some of the participants here. I mentioned the Brad Stevens. Actually, I mentioned the Ty Lue sound. But let's hear from, uh, from Brad Stevens here who's going to celebrate the life of Marcus Smart. Well, I think he's as tough as they come true competitor he's matches his intensity with a physical toughness we're really glad he's on our team i'd love a coach one time to say this guy is the biggest pussy willow he is such a mr softy i wish he was playing for somebody else we tried to trade him nobody would take this guy he can't shoot he doesn't play defense the only time he shows any effort is on tinder uh i'd love that i would love that you know he's good at swiping right he's not good at dribbling right i'd love wouldn't that be fun if a coach said that about one of his players they never do uh here's marcus smart now one of the the signature moments of this game if you did not watch the game or if you did you know what i'm talking about was in the late stages when you talk about thug basketball you talk about dirty below the belt basketball tough guy hooliganism that's the word hooliganism is the word i was looking for uh, so you had J.R. Smith with a two-hand shove to the back, and that upset Marcus Smart, who ran to the defense of his teammate. And Marcus Smart, not a re- not a big fan of J.R. Smith. We're out there to play basketball. I just looked at it. You know, Al's a, he's a defenseless, you know, you know, uh, person. He's in the air. He can't control how his body goes, and he's not even looking in. You go and take two two hands to the back. You know, it's a dirty shot. You just you just can't allow that to to, to keep happening. You know, this is not the first time Jr. has done some dirty stuff, especially playing against us. He's known for it, especially playing against us. We 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 know that. It's like a bully. You keep letting the bully keep picking on you. He's gonna keep picking on you until you finally stand up. And, and that's what I tried to do. You know, one of my guys was down, and I took offense to it. That's my teammate. <laughs> uh, I find all this uh, all this uh, very entertaining. I get a kick out of this. Uh, anyway, it's the the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We'll take your calls. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, you. Listen, if you have something to say, if you don't have anything to say, just listen. You know, it's, it's it's listen radio. It's uh, We talk. You, you don't have to talk. It's interactive if you want it to be, and if you don't want it to be, you can just lay there like a lug, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be good. We'll be all right. Uh, anyway, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That is at Ben Maller, and uh, you can be part of the festivities on Twitter as well. We say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia, who's right 
Over there. You know, the word here, Eddie, and I love this word. This is one of my it's in my top five words, and I need to use it more. I've decided that I need to use some words more. This is the word is the Cavaliers were flummoxed. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. Sounds like something that uh, our friend Brian Wheeler would use during a game. The, yeah. Well, Wheeler the is broadcaster a, for the he, he's a Trailblazers. Of, he's a friend of mine, and he uh, we we text every once in a while, and he's he's an inspiration. Wheels is wonderful, and I like his work. I, I appreciate his work too, and I love the fact that you can tell he puts effort into it, trying to expand his vocabulary. And as you know, I don't really need to expand my vocabulary. When you've gone to Saddleback College, you've been at the top. You don't need to learn any new words or anything like that. You learn Clearly. everything you need at Saddleback College. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm in a different spot than other people. But, uh, yeah, I put flummoxed in my top five with boondoggle. <laughs> boondoggle yeah. is very good. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you are flummoxed by what William Shatner is doing on Twitter? Well, it's on my list, Eddie. Uh-huh. I, I, it's on my list. I, I, I'm thinking I have a, a way we can make millions of dollars. Well, I'm, I'm all ears on this. Yeah. And uh, if you guys want to go in on it, I mean, maybe we'll all invest in it. And uh, I, I, I think this would work. I, I, you know, why don't I, why don't I, I don't want to get carried down no. a, a rabbit hole yet. But would, why, would it be okay to say that uh, Danny G's efforts to bring a peaceful resolution we're to met our with, uh, resistance yeah as, <laughs> we're put we're met with pushback right, by it, the trekkies yeah it's not gonna happen no nobel peace prize for danny g radio <sighs> it was a noble effort though by by danny g it was a <laughs> his heart was in the right place and, all day all day long my notifications were going off it's been a huge battle between trekkies and Maller militia yeah it's it's been pretty ugly and i i it's annoying because the trekkies they're not sports people, you know. They're not the cool kids. They're the nerds, uh, and they don't know who we are. They don't. They don't understand our world. Um, we understand their world a little bit. I would say that we understand the Trekkie way more than they understand the sports. I way. agree. Yeah, yeah. So for us, like they look at us, they're like, "Oh man, you're a bunch of weirdos," you know, watching sports and talking about sports. And uh, we look at them and like, "Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about made up spaceships, you know? What's what the hell? The show's been off the air for a zillion years. What's wrong with you?" Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Yeah! It's Ben Maller, and he's going all in. I'll go all in. All in. I'm going to go all in. All in it is our tribute to sports wagering. Koopa Loop, let's uh, get this party started there. Uh, how did we go last night? Ben, I was the only winner. I am on fire. That's, that's not I, I really did push through. That's, you know, a tie. Yeah, I, I, yes, I, lost, by, win, I lost by one run. It was a bad beat. Braves, well, Braves didn't score any runs. Bottom line is, gets the you Cubs all lost. You Darvish went four innings. I he didn't even lose. Make it I the pushed. fifth inning. All right, let's get to yeah, it. We don't, have, we don't have a lot of time. Let's stop. No dilly dallying. How dare you? <laughs> uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, oh Canada, taking on the New York Mets. That is day baseball at City Field. J. A. Happ got lit up his last start. I like the left-hander to bounce back against Zach Wheeler and the Mets. I'll take the Blue Jays of Toronto. Get to the win column. Eddie. NHL playoffs, game three, Eastern, uh, mixed at the Western Conference Finals. Get it right. Vegas against Winnipeg, over what? under a five and a half. I'm going over. What an attractive matchup. What about you it's a great there? Matchup. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. That's why I said it's a very attractive it is. matchup. Danny G. Big Ben, the featured game of the day, Tampa Bay at Kansas City. Yeah. 
Uh, nine is the number for the over-under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. Nine's a big number for that game. All right, Kubalu. Ben, speaking of bounce-back games, I'm going to go with the L.A. Angels to oh, uh, beat terrible, Justin Verlander. Terrible pick. Justin Verlander has destroyed the Angel players. He owns them. He's using that spitball to perfection. All right, uh, very good. Three bits, one six. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Triple header action, Kubaloo. Ben, the silver lining for a lot of Saints fans when Mark Ingram got suspended was that they were going to be able to see more of rookie sensation Alvin Kamara. Well, earlier this week, Sean Payton shot that idea down, saying that he doesn't think it's wise to just give Kamara a bunch more carries. Do you agree with him? No, I don't. I mean, the short answer, A, it's like Sean Payton's afraid that the more Kamara plays, that the glass slipper is going to break, that he'll be exposed. This is not showing confidence in your guy. It's a bad job by the Saints coach. It's demeaning. And, and B, the Saints aren't asking Kamara to be the workhorse the entire year. You're talking about 25% of the season. And it's all about the wussification of the running back position. I don't like it at all. It's a bad job by Sean Payton. Next. Before beating the Rockets on Monday, Steph Curry gave James Harden a compliment, saying that the way that he's able to draw fouls, whether one is actually committed or not, is an art form. Does he have a point? Now, this is manufactured. First of all, James Harden is proven to be a great scorer, but he gets the benefit of the doubt. He's allowed leeway that other players don't get. Everyone knows it especially during the regular season, any kind of contact, the officials deliberately default to give Harden a couple of foul shots. And Curry was just being polite, professional courtesy here by Steph Curry. Everyone knows what's going on with James Harden. It's not a secret. All right, next. Now, after the game during Inside the NBA, Charles Barkley was was seen attempting to throw a baseball, and it was a disaster. Yeah. Ben, which sport would you say you are the worst at? Well, I know I'm great at baseball. I schooled you guys in Bakersfield. We closed that minor league stadium down in Bakersfield. <laughs> Had a great meal with uh, our friend, the ambassador. Uh, but, you know, I would say the sports no one cares about, you know, like hockey, soccer, tennis, swimming, things like oh, that. God. The sports people care about, I'm great at. I, that's a win for me. You I fail. won. I won the game. I'm a winner. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We got a good one. We got Password. It's the word game of the stars, a staple of our show. Until we get a cease and desist letter, then we'll change the name of it. Uh, We got a seven-toed drag queen, Phylexis, well, formerly in Rochester, but you haven't been in Rochester in years, Phylexis. You moved on from Rochester. Where are you at now, Phylexis? I'm in Medina, New York, Med- Old Culture Manor Rehab Med- Facility. Medina, New York, and a guy named Between Buffalo and Rochester. A guy named Slow writes in and says, "Do you think that Phylexis gets a discount on pedicures? Do you get a discount on pedicures, Phylexis?" <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I'm you, cheap, honey. I'm cheap. You should get like a three percent or thirty percent discount or something like that. All yeah. right, all right. Hold on a sec, and then we've got Andy. Uh, Andy's in Indiana and usually only calls for the game shows. What's going on, Andy? You ready to go here? Yeah, Ben. Maybe I'll just call me the game show whore like you always do. <laughs> you get so upset. Why are, hey, you, so, Indiana. Why are you so sensitive? Uh, well, grow, grow some rhino skin. What's going on with you? All right. All right, break it I up, I kid you because I care, as my friend Chris Myers used to say. All, All right. right, we have a classic yeah. matchup between Flexus and Ben and Eddie. 
with Andy. All right, guys, one through ten on the board here. Each word starts off being worth ten points. For every incorrect guess, we take a point away. Phylexis, you are on the line first. Pick a number one through ten. I'll pick number three. Number three, all right. Number so. three, Ben. See here. Let's go with uh, how about purchase? Purchase. Um. Um. Package. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you he laughed. laughed yeah. You knew you were wrong. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Leave it to me to say package. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You're directly All right. <laughs> go ahead. Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Andy, uh, Ben's clue was purchase. Uh, my clue to you will be... Oh, shoot. Buy. Flexus, pipe down. Oh, that was, that was going to be my answer. Purchase, buy. Crap. Uh, is your answer crap? I think his answer was crap. Was that? Well, we'll see. It might be crap. <laughs> uh, I'll go with my standby, horny. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very close. Very close. No. Dang. All right. Let's go with. Uh, la, 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 la. Uh, how about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, store. Store. Um. Remember, everything's connected here. At least. Uh, oh. Okay. For, for me. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm talking to you, Flex. All right. Yeah. I got. I gave you a purchase. I gave you a store. What do you got? A place to buy food. I don't know. Grocery store. Oh my god. Oh my god. Can I go to the bullpen? Is Jeannie in Medford? Can I get Jeannie back from the other side? Can I get her back? No, all right. That's not available. Not, nice. uh, not available. Andy, right. uh, I'm gonna go. Eddie, with... Eddie, 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 yeah. it's shop. Yes, it is uh, shop. Yeah, it is. Alexis. Oh, what's wrong with me? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna chop another one of those toes off, all right? You're gonna be that's, down to six toes. Okay. That's okay, Ben. We'll get back. No, no you we're won't. not. No, 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 it's no. over. Right. I'm like a fairy, honey. Don't worry. I know you are. <laughs> all right. How much was that worth? There? Uh, that was eight points, I believe. No, I don't know. Was it eight? Seven? I think it was like seven. I believe it was was it seven? It was seven. Yeah, it was seven. Okay. Look at Eddie trying to go. cheat. All right, Andy and I don't, Eddie. I don't need to cheat to beat you. <laughs> one, not with Flexus. No, you don't. Andy, one, two, or four through ten. Pick a number. Uh, I'll go. Through, I'll go to nine. Easy. Uh, number nine. Number nine. Easy. Yeah. All right. The password is contribute. Contribute. Give. No. No. I see that presents a problem for. <laughs> Is my all right? Let's see here. Let's go with uh, la, 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 la. Um, let's see here. Grant. Oh boy. Tuition? Hmm. No. Alexis, what, what kind of drugs are you on tonight, Alexis? What's going uh, on? My, I'm, in fact, I need my painkillers right now. All right, Andy. Uh, <laughs> I, I said earlier, contribute. You said give. Uh, the password is blood. Oh, donate. Yes. Oh, Alexis. That don't You're not even listening. All right. You've got to focus. Alexis, you need this. Can I go to the bullpen? One, two, four through eight, or ten? Four. That's how many times Boston's going to beat Cleveland. Four. What about how many toes you have? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Well, maybe uh, next uh, time. Uh, all right. Let's, let's go with, uh, let's see here. Number four. We're not doing too good. Well, you're not doing too I'm doing great. Doing wonderful over here. You are screwing this up here. You are the one messing this up. Let's go with uh, 
New. Oh, new. Take your time, Felixus. Don't mind the clock. Need an answer. No. Okay, I will see you. Are you regretting playing yet, Felixus? Are you regret? Are you regretting in any way playing, Felix? No, not really. I love passwords. <laughs> yeah, you're not good at no. it. All right, uh, give me an answer. Hurry up. Uh, no, please. I'll say no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Quit <laughs> laughing! I can't concentrate. Five it's seconds. Like, it doesn't I mean, matter. You, you're sucky either way. It doesn't matter. All right, give me an answer. Uh, no. Um. Oh, my born. <laughs> well, that is that would be yeah, new. You, if you, so. are, you <laughs> are new. Doesn't get any newer than that. Uh, all right, go ahead, Andy. Uh, let's see. Or Eddie or whatever. Uh, I'm starting not like this guy, Andy. Yeah. Ben said new. I'm going to go with. Um, Oh, I think I know. Oh, How about oh. bake? No, no, that's not. Bake. Bake? Yeah. B-A-K-E? Uh-huh. Yeah. New bake. I know a Mallard yeah, maneuver boy. I could use. Yeah. Not that that's going to matter. I don't know. Fresh. Yes! Oh. Yes! Oh. <laughs> that was it! Oh. What does bake have to do with that's fresh? <laughs> Felixis, why couldn't you be more like Andy, Felixis? Why couldn't you be more like that? You know? I wasn't born in Indiana, okay? I wasn't born in a cornfield. <laughs> wow. That's a, maybe you should have been. I don't have a quarterback named Andrew Luck. What's that? Uh, what's that, Andy? Felixis, I'm picking Toad Jam. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, okay. I'm sure you are. This game's over, right? It's over. Don, that's it. The game's over. No, one more time. Uh, just for <laughs> S and giggles. All right, pick a number, Felixis. Go ahead. <laughs> Seven. All right. If you don't get this one, Flexus, I'm going to kick your ass, okay? <laughs> you understand? I am threatening you with violence right now, Flexus. From nice. L.A.? That'd be interesting. All right. The uh, the the clue is burglarize. Steal. Ah! Yeah! He got it right. He He's not going to get his ass kicked. He got it right. It's not a shutout for the drag There's queen. There's a chance. There's a chance. No, there's no chance. We have a hard network clock. Come on down, seven-toed drag queen in Rochester, or, what, in Medina, New York. Uh, that's you mean we it. won? No, no you're you a loser. <laughs> you're lost. You're a loser. Uh, I should get a golden ticket. No, no you, you shouldn't. shouldn't. Andy <laughs> gets one, Andy. though. I got a golden ticket. I got a golden ticket. We uh, love Phylexis, who's terrible at this game, but uh, we we love having Phylexis. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I never pick Eddie next time, please, Flex. Don't pick me, please. I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again, with new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.